0: What's up and welcome to my internet abode. I'm your host Javon Massey and you're listening to the Workaholics Wisdom Podcast where we build, create, and inspire others to walk out their God-given purpose in life. What is up you guys and welcome to this episode. I'm kind of excited about this one because This one I purposely put in February because it's about relationships and healing our relationships, as you saw from the title. And I got to speak with Ariel, um, one of my really good friends from college, who she is a family relationship therapist. And so we had a very good conversation about healing relationships, taking the first step, how to control ourselves, steps to control ourselves control um, what we do in situations, how to react to them, and in different options and resources that she recommends for those who are looking for self-improvement in order to start healing relationships that they want to fight for. There's a quick disclaimer. Um, this phone call was recorded on Rev and my phone also needed to be updated. So my phone goes in and out a lot. I break up a lot in the conversation. I've tried to fix it as best as I can to the best of my knowledge, but it does go in and out. So there's some stuff that is inaudible. I hope you can still get the message across. Also, because of that, there's a story I tell about a situation at work that happened about a year and a half ago, actually over a year, probably when I first started working at the job I worked now and how I reacted to it and how my coworkers reacted to it and then my reaction to their reaction to it. And so there is a lot of side conversations that start in this conversation. So just bear with us because I kind of just let the conversation go and and flow the way I, it meant to flow. And then I did ask the questions I, I meant to ask. And so if you want to skip over that part, you can. I'm just saying if you hear something, you think you heard something, I can t- guarantee you that's not what we're talking about. We were talking about or I was talking about a situation kind of would take off into a side conversation about something else so yeah that's just a disclaimer I wanted to put out there um also wanted to put an intro on here her name is Ariel Kimball and she lives in Illinois and she is a very awesome person she is a kind-hearted person very passionate about what she believes in and I just hope that you guys can take something away from this conversation all right I'm gonna stop talking and I'm just gonna let the conversation play now (laughs) bye 2021, because of, you know, of course, the pandemic and the election and all that, and what people call the season finale of the United States of America, it kind of seemed like a <laughs> lot of truth came out, right? <laughs> it kind of seemed like a lot of truth came out, and people seem to have forgotten how, and that's like in families, friendships, um, romantic relationships in general, people seem to have forgotten that. like no one's going to hold the same like not everyone you know is going to hold the same opinion as you so my question Mm -hmm. is like for listeners and other people just wanting to know like how how can people start to if they want to fight for the relationship what steps can they take like what mind shifts or like habits can they um, attain to what like be in a relationship with someone who has a like a a strong opinion different from theirs like how are they able to still be yeah. like significant others
1: yeah no i like that you asked this question um i think that is something that for sure that a lot of people have like been thinking about a lot more recently um i think just to clarify if we're talking about like anything regarding like the election like we have to think about how like <laughs> it wasn't even about like difference of opinion it was literally about like fascism versus like democracy you know like it was about white supremacy versus like human rights (laughs) like equal Uh, human rights you know what i mean like and so we have to understand like like that's like very values like oriented right we like a lot of people uh we start to see like what do people really believe in you know like how do you really value (laughs) another person and i think like that's the first. Like that's the first thing to consider whenever you're saying, "Oh, I really want to work on this relationship, okay, yeah, so work on the relationship, but do you know what you're getting yourself into if you and another person have literally extreme values when it literally is when it regards like human rights or in it regards like any kind of harmful ideology, you know what I mean and mm-hmm. so like and so the thing is, like, I think people should be able to do with what they want. Like, I think people need that freedom. Um, otherwise, like, like we would, I wouldn't be having integrity with my words if I were to say that people shouldn't have freedom. But I think that people should know that that comes with a cost. So that means that, like, if it's a black and white couple, for instance, and the black woman is starting to really connect with who she is as a black woman in America, and the white male, let's just say, he is, like, grew up in a very conservative family and very, like, pro-Trump and all that kind of stuff. Like, so, like, those are, like, very different viewpoints. And granted, let's just say that they're married and they realize this now. (laughs) Like, all this is kind of coming up now. Like, I don't know. Like, I personally, I know what I would do in this relationship, but I think that, Mm -hmm. like, you have to understand, like, the impact of, like, what it means to stay with that person. You know, like, what it means as far as, like, how you, like, cultivate, like, like, an energy, like, for your home, you know, like, or right. how you, um, like, like, are you having integrity through words? So whenever you say, I am a Christian, and I believe that all people can be saved by Jesus, and I believe this and that, and these are all, like, these, like, really loving virtues, but yet mm-hmm. you, like, don't believe that black people like, you don't, you don't believe in, like, like, the grief of black people who are literally being, like, murdered by cops, or you don't believe that people need to be put out of poverty, that everyone deserves health care, everyone deserves a home, everyone deserves food on their table, you know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know, because I feel like those are, like, I don't like that lines up with what people, I don't think that lines up with what they believe. So that's why I just, like, say, like, oh, like, let your actions and your words line up, and, like, know what that can mean for you in the end. Like, do what you want. No pressure or anything. Because this is all you, you know? Like, uh, like I mean, yeah. So that's kind of just, like, how I how I view that, like, you can move forward, but you have to know what you're getting yourself into.
0: Yeah, that's totally about, like, I, I agree. Because it's just seeing how everyone's really reacting to certain things. And just, like, to put it, like, in this boat with Christians, and seeing how some of them, they have differences, like, even at my own church, like, difference of opinions, and then they're using, like, scripture to curse each other, and I'm like, whoa, 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 like, are you not friends? like Come on now, but no, I totally agree, like, that's why I believe, like, especially in friendships, you really need to see who you're friends with, like, you need to see them, like, ask them the Mm -hmm. hard questions, conversations, and then, like, can we stay friends after this? Like, can we both get to a point where we can stay friends, like, after we find out this about each other? Um, and if you right. can't, then you just can't. But yeah, I just noticed that a lot of, a lot of relationships become really shallow, or they kind of don't talk about certain things on purpose. And so the the relationship yeah. gets stuck. stop. I agree with you on that. It's like, you're just going to have to talk about it. <laughs> you're going to have to let them know. And your actions are going yeah. to line up with you and if not, you're gonna probably get called out on it. So how are you gonna react getting called out on it? That's a big and thing
1: people, up in- Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. you did, you did. I get kind of excited about conversations like this. And so <laughs> yeah, I um I think it's kind of interesting where people are like like yeah, I just voted against your human rights, but I think we should still be friends. Like you know how like abusive that is? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it's literally like I do not care about how the system affects you, and I nor do I even want to even try to care. But I think we should still hang out because I enjoy consuming you. So like, like that's literally what it's about because it's not about that other person. Because if it were, then there would be a lot more listening, and there would be compassion, and there would be a change of heart. Like, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, yeah, I I think it's actually it's literally traumatizing. Like racism is traumatizing, Um, Mm -hmm. homophobia. Is traumatizing. Um, yeah. Anything that like any kind of like elitism or like capitalist like mindset, like all of that mm-hmm. is traumatizing because it literally like because whenever you're in a vulnerable position, like and your entire life depends upon like how these policies are made because people in the church who say that they care about you actually aren't helping you, but they get yeah. to also control these policies over you. Like you literally have like nowhere to run. And so like it's all about like what I think we saw in 2020 was like people we're leveling the playing field now. Like it's no longer yeah. like when you cannot give an excuse to treating people wrongly. Like there's no excuse for it. Either you do right. and you're held accountable for it. And there yes mm-hmm. I want to say this I am an advocate for restorative justice. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but essentially restorative justice means that like uh there's deep healing work that not only benefits the offender to keep them from reoffending, but also heals the community and um, the victim of the the offense. And so there's always, always space for that. But even within that, there has to be, like, like there has to be accountability. There has to be Mm. justice that is served because, like, there's no peace without justice, you know? Right, right, definitely. You know, because like, like, yeah, I'm sorry, I can go on and on about that. But like, <laughs> but that's why I think that, like, I don't know, I think people in the church, it's like, you're not, I thought this meme, they were saying, this is not about, <laughs> this is not about figuring out what, pe- what kind of pizza toppings you like. This is not something small like that. This is about racism and then not being racist. You know, this is about like believing that people should have their needs met. Or believing that they shouldn't because they're not worthy enough to have their needs met, you know? And so I think these, are, like, these are the huge stuff that, like, thankfully, people are finally starting to address. Oh, no, definitely. Because even I was
0: talking to my mom about it. I was like, Mom, like, I don't think my my coworkers, like, where I currently work right now, um, and I actually just got a new job this week, but I am the only person of color on the crew. And I'm, like, they're very nice. I said, they always make mm-hmm. sure I'm taken care of when it's like to the best of their ability within their authority. I said, but mm-hmm. I said, I they don't realize I still have to be weary of how I'm looked at, like where their intention comes from. And that's not me attacking them at all because I know for mm-hmm. some people it's subconscious. It's not intentional. Mm-hmm. Like it's not consciously intentional. That's what I'm trying to say. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like when, out and because we do a lot of work away from headquarters um when we go out and work with other people like i have to be weary of certain things that they don't even have to think about and i don't think they think about mm-hmm. that when we were doing we would stream city council and so we got to this is before they switched buildings and there was a lot of change but when we were in the old building there was a cop um, during the day because they were doing court hearings and so there mm-hmm. was a cop during and he makes sure everyone came in. Had to go through whatever. Well, I came in there mm-hmm. with my my coworkers, and he knew my coworkers. Um, I don't think he ever saw me before. And so mm-hmm. I went in, and my badge was in my purse. But again, I've been in that building. Well, He just hasn't been there, but I've been in, and they know me from the building. He comes, mm-hmm. I walk in, he says hi to my co- my coworkers, and he looks at me and he's like, "Where's your badge?" And I'm like, "It's in my bag." And he said, "Oh yeah, and that can't mm-hmm. be in here either." And I said, "Okay, like." Mm-hmm. Being real. So my coworker, he, he clearly got annoyed and like irritated. Mm-hmm. I think we were on stage. It was like, "You can go put it in the van and just lock the door." And mm-hmm. so I went. I went back to the building. He came back, and I like, oh. I was being a little petty. I'm not gonna lie, because I kind of he was taller than me, so I kind of like shoved it up mm-hmm. like his face, like here, you see it, and like kind of dangled it. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> but he, like didn't, and so when we were back to the headquarters, my other coworker she we were telling her about it because my my supervisor was really annoyed um at the situation, and so when we were telling my other coworker about it, she uh was like, Oh my goodness, he never asked me that, and I've had my bag in there many times, well, and I like mm-hmm. I didn't know how to of like. Well, we both have different skin tones, Um, and the yeah. people that are at the time look like me and not you. So yeah, he's gonna treat me differently. And I didn't know how. Like, I didn't say it. I was. It was in my head, but I was like, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, you know, when people, it kind of like annoyed me because I was like, we can't afford to not to be ignorant of this anymore. You know what I mean? And yeah, so that's <laughs> like, is like, that's, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> No,
1: no, no. No, I love that you said that because I think you highlighted the trauma response one, like you have like you can't help but be on guard because that is the reality of being a black person or any kind being a black or brown person in America. The more like specifically the darker you are, the more on guard you have to be. You know? Yeah. And like and like that's just like that's literally a trauma response. Because like you wouldn't be that way if you felt comfortable. Your wife here do not feel that way because they've never had to be made feel that way, you know. And yeah. so, like, so I think you just highlighted that that aspect of it, and like, you know, probably what you were feeling from that cop, what probably was racially charged, you know, like clearly, like mm-hmm. he went, he was acting some type of way with you, and like, like I believe that it probably was, but you know, like I don't want to be, like I have to be careful about saying, like speaking definite like, very, like, mm. certainty on things, yeah. you know? But, like, I think that black people have been made long enough to, like, be, like, they've been validated long enough to say, oh, I don't really know if this is what I was feeling, but this is, or this is what was happening, but this is what I was feeling. And the people are like, no, that's not what was happening, so don't feel that way. But it's like, you feel that way for a reason. So I think there's right. something about your environment that is, like, telling you, like, watch out. Like, we all have that sense. And and especially so if you are a victim of some sort of trauma, which where there's racial, sexual abuse, whatever it is, physical, and and so yeah, I'm glad that your coworkers like you know treat you well as far as like on the job, but like I I don't know, I guess like you never really know like where they stand until situations right. like that happen, right? Right. Yeah. And see, like the yeah. whole situation
0: from I didn't like we didn't go deep into it cuz my supervisor yeah. the one that do it, like he like I mean I'm glad that he was upset about it for the cuz like, we were both right i this pretty sure this is racially charged because but and then it kind of opened my eyes to my other I have many coworkers so uh, the other supervisor not the one that got mad but the other one was mm-hmm. like yeah I don't get why he was like that. I think he, and I mean, I kind of get the same, what he's saying because that cop was, it was one of those cops that kind of like he has to prove his authority wherever he goes. He's like one of those. Ugh, but like the other, I know, right? <laughs> but the other was like, yeah, he's like that because he was like that with me too. And I think he's just trying to prove it. And I'm thinking, okay, I see what you're saying, but I'm pretty sure this was not the
1: same. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't. Right. And and that's the thing, like, that was a lot of, so the thing is, is that the longer that we continue to not call out racism, then the more acceptable that racism becomes to be. You see what I'm saying? Like, racism, Mm -hmm. like, people have to hate racism more than they hate being called racist themselves. Yeah. But that's not the case. People have to hate racism more than they hate someone else calling someone else a racist. You see right. what I'm saying? Like and people don't hate it like that. They think it's being they think being called a racist is the worst possible thing in the world. No, actually being a victim of racism is. Because that's actually yeah. traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like honestly, with people who are like that that friends like the white moderate, which are very dangerous, dang, they're the biggest threat to uh anti racism. The biggest threat. Actually MLK said this in one of his speeches. I think it was Well, actually, I think it was his letter um, from jail, like one of his uh, letters from jail. Um, But he was talking about how the white moderate is worse than the KKK, only because they, um, they have this, like, smile along with this white supremacy. And, like, so it makes you feel like you're in this safe space, but then stabs you in the back. And also, it perpetuates this cycle of racism to keep going. Because Uh nothing ever changes. Because everyone can be nice. But like (laughs) but kindness is a whole that's the work of the Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? Like and and so and so yeah, like it creates like so whenever people are kind to you, it does create safety in the body. But then whenever you realize that like oh this is not what it seems, then boom. That's traumatizing. You're betrayed, you know, like and it may not be capital T trauma. But it's definitely betrayal, for sure. And, like, in racism, there's a lot of, like, people who think that, like, who there's a lot of really nice white people in the church, but they would never let their son ever marry a black woman. They would never let their daughter ever, ever marry a black man or have black babies, ever. You see what I'm saying? And so, like, there's, like, this, like, oh, we're, like, we can be friends and we can talk, but we can't ever, like, mingle. Because there's this hierarchy in their mind. So that's why I'm always out to like, to, like, I have to, I think everyone should be careful, like, watchful of, like, the white moderates. Because that's, like, who, that's kind of, like, like, because you don't know what you're dealing with in that situation. Like, that, that's just, like, the way, like, for my limited knowledge of, like, understanding, like, the construct of race and, like, white supremacy and how everything, how people operate in it. Like that's, like, what I've come to so far.
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely, like, a really good perspective. Like, like listening to it, that, like, that goes deeper to where I even thought about it, because I was thinking, like, at the time, I was, like, I was a little annoyed, because I was like, really, that's where you're going to put it? That's, that's okay, because I'm guessing he wasn't right. there, <laughs> um, and he hadn't encountered that same thought before, but, like, that... No, because they were like well maybe he just encouraged that whole maybe he just didn't like you and then and I'm like can we stop with that because yeah he didn't like that, you but
1: never met you okay <laughs> that, so I was like uh so like you know after
0: I mean it wasn't that exact moment but you know with moments like that I've I've mm-hmm. coming and especially after last year i was thinking okay like let me like they don't they're not getting it and they're still not getting it and so I said I don't know how to move forward but like the way like how you're putting it I'm like we're gonna have to at some point if it continues um we're gonna have to talk about it or something like off you know work or whatever but yeah no you're totally right and like hearing like the white moderate that's like a yeah I can totally yeah I agree with that completely because it's yeah. almost like they keep you in a place where they can, like, keep – it's not like they have a thumb on you, in a sense. Like, they have a thumb on you because, like, well, if I keep – if I, you know, stay nice to them, I always know what's, like, what's yeah. going on, and I'm in the place where I where I want them. And so, like, hearing so, that respect,
1: I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, and just to even just, like – just to elaborate just a little bit more for, like, listeners about that, like, like that's, like – so psychologically speaking – It's definitely, um, it's one of those things where, like, being a centrist, (laughs) like, does not, like, whereas you think that you're keeping peace because you're like, both sides, I want to hear you and support you. But when it comes to harmful ideology that literally, literally will press entire groups of people. Like whether it's in their sexuality, whether it's because of race, whether it's poverty, whether it's like like and all that does like lead to like their actual lives being at stake, like literally being life or death for them, like like that is what like keeps the cycle of oppression going, and so that's like more like the the construct of how we understand race systemically, but even just psychologically, it invalidates the it invalidates the uh, the victim the white moderate does because it makes yeah. them confused about what they're experiencing even though what they're experiencing is real but then they say no we're nice that's not real and so therefore like further like pushes their pushes their emotional state like like it doesn't it, it, it makes you emotionally dysregular for sure yeah because of being like nope. invalidated and discriminated against is like this whole like bomb that goes off to like lead you feeling like you're crazy essentially. Nope. Really, it really does because even, um, and I know we have so
0: like gone off like topic, but I like the conversation. So oh. anyway, oh yeah, sorry. No, you're good. No, you're good. Because <laughs> even when um, at my previous, I don't want to name the company because I don't want to put them on blast because I'm I'm trying I'm not trying to be that person, but at a certain retail store I worked at um, here in, in Conway. Um, I just noticed at this particular store, um, They, I felt like there was a target on my back. And for the mm-hmm. longest time, I thought I was crazy because I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm only giving, at the time, I can only work a certain number of hours because I was working two other jobs. And mm-hmm. um, majority of my colleagues were white um, with a few dots of people of color um every so often coming through and so after i left i asked one of my very good friends actually who i met working there um i said so i said am i tripping or was there a target on my back and she said no there was definitely a target on your back and i was like okay cuz i thought it was just me um from like the mm-hmm. second i got the job um and
1: mm-hmm.
0: what what got me was i was very disappointed because the like the store manager um she's caucasian white she's married to a black man and they have a mixed baby um but she acted oblivious to so much to so much so i don't nothing mm-hmm. acted. I'm pretty sure she saw it she just just kind of blew it away i was like oh you're just thinking it's this is, you know, or she's like, well, I'm only here so many times. And when she is, I mean, I'm granted, when she is there, she helps me out a lot. And that's just how her work ethic is. If she sees any co struggling and she's working that day or that shift, she's in there working with them. So I will give her that. But at the same time, mm-hmm. all of the other managers in the store, it just felt like I had a target on my back. And I'm like, and I mean, mm-hmm. one of the managers, she's biracial, and I was like, Why am I feeling attacked right now when mm-hmm. my other workers who are not my skin tone are much, 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 much lighter than me, um, are doing
1: mm-hmm.
0: well, like I'm not because what well, I I was getting caught out in like certain dress code stuff, um, and, just, and mm-hmm. like, That's what just ended up not happening was we had colours and apparently my shoes weren't the right colors. Um, but mm-hmm. in my my coworker with tennis shoes um, which are not allowed at the workplace, and mm-hmm. she gets asked the whole shift. We worked on the same shift, and they didn't talk to her one time, but I wore the appropriate right. shoes, but one of the colors on the shoes wasn't the store's colors, so therefore they got on to me.
1: And I was like, yeah. oh,
0: okay. And so that's when I asked my coworker, I said, was it me, or was it just like, and was there a target? She's like, no, it was definitely a target on your back. And I said, okay, just had to make sure. And the fact that the man, like, when you, when I, like, now that you're talking about it, I was like, that was the store manager. She just kind of let things happen.
1: Yeah. And also, I think people think that, so especially in the South, because, like, I honestly, going back to Arkansas is so triggering. Like, just so triggering for me because of all the Mm. reasons that's just embedded within everyone. And it's so fake. But even within Black people and other people of color, like whether you're mixed or whether you are Latinx or uh, South Asian or whatever, East Asian, like the thing is, is that a person's color can still be complicit in white supremacy. And that's because Mm -hmm. like, if you have like lived in white America, you have internalized white America. And sure, some of us have internalized white America less than others because of like Mm -hmm. community, right? And, like, what mm-hmm. we see, like, on the media, like, but, but we have all internalized white supremacist ideologies because it's fed through us, through literally history books, through, yeah. like, through all the pro- predominantly white institutions that we've attended. So if you sit in a white yeah. church, a white school, have white friends, live in a white neighborhood, you gonna internalize some of that crap, you know? And yeah. and that's, like, if you, whether you wanted to or not, and the thing is, like, black people think that they are immune to white supremacy but that is not true so even like a biracial that's why a biracial woman can literally be racist towards you as an individual and granted systemically it does not benefit her either you see what i'm saying but right, yeah. individually it still oppresses you and it also oppresses you as far as colorism because that's a thing
0: yeah a little bit a few months after that i and for other reasons too it wasn't just because of that for other reasons too um i i left the the company but yeah no like you are so right like I don't that has to stop like I was like they can't We can't. like especially that's because I feel like the shutdown put everyone on like you said a lot like equal ground and we are at a point where we can't afford to just not know things and not be aware of things that are right in front of our faces
1: you cannot live on this world and say what is racism There's no way for people to not know. There's there's information at their fingertips, and I have no excuse for it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, so you're so right. You're so right. Not yeah. So So kind of like pivoting off that. Totally. When it comes to like couples, okay, so and this Mm -hmm. is like a long question, so I'm kind of trying to break it. So if I break up at any point, just let me know and I'll repeat it. So a lot of couples have divorced or separated due to, like, quarantine and just, you know, not being together, like, just a lot of divorces have, like, like, have happened. From what I, again, I'm not, like, a family couple therapist, so I don't know, but from what I have observed,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: they're the separating or divorcing from things that kind of have been, like, under the surface, but, like, quarantine kind of brought them to the surface because they had nothing else to talk, nothing else to do or distract themselves from it. So it's like what mm-hmm. would you say to like couples in particular um or even families that are kind of like on the brink of like being estranged or separating or divorcing or whatever to who mm-hmm. wanna fight and take those talent those issues head on um what advice would you give them like as a first step because I know a lot of from from especially a, a specific couple that I know. They were like there was just a lot of things that we just acted like didn't exist, and having the quarantine together, they couldn't avoid them anymore. Mm-hmm. So they're like yeah. we didn't know how to fight, and so they just left. They they split. They were like they called it quits. So they didn't even know how to fight, so they left it alone.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, one, as like a, a family and like major family therapist, I honestly like I don't think divorce should ever be off the table because again. People need to be able to have all of their options so they have freedom. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But but for someone who's like, I want this to work, but I'm in a really hard place. Okay. I know what to say there. It's okay to be in a hard place. Let yourself be in this hard place. Relationships are hard. Now, like, let me have a disclaimer. If there's any kind of, like, physical abuse or, like, emotional abuse happening in the relationship, like, that's not okay. that needs to that needs to stop right like or any kind of like policing of like finances or whatever like that that cannot exist that that will never exist in a healthy relationship no matter how much someone would want it to so if someone like sees that in their relationship then they need to get help from like a professional in their area like as soon as they can and they have to be committed to ending those behaviors right of harming their partner but, you know, the thing is, like, you know, let's just say that, like, offenses, like, they just, they can build up if we don't talk about it. And mm-hmm. especially whenever there is the distress of a pandemic, like, <laughs> yeah, of course they'll come up, you know? Like, and so yeah. I kinda to validate that, too, that, like, distress from a pandemic already brings up its own kind of, like, stuff. But yeah. calling that stuff on top of all the other, like, marriage, like, quarrels and stuff that have like, happened you know, in the past, like, I think people should embrace that, how they feel, meaning that, like, you can be honest and validate your anger about this or validate your hurt about this, Um, but also, like, we can do that without hurting another person, right, and so, like, and we can also do that while giving space to the other person to have their own feelings and their own hurt and their own anxieties or whatever it is on their side. Mm -hmm. And so honestly, I'm just like, give yourself space and give them space emotionally, meaning that like start validating. Everyone is valid in how they feel because you cannot tell someone how they feel. And the thing is, is that, but within your own self, because clearly not all of our feelings fit the facts, right? We know that. So, (laughs) so like within your own self, like you have to you have to realize that like not everything that I feel is truth. Did my spouse really mean it this way whenever they did this? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They probably did it. Or they probably did. I don't know because I don't know the specific situation and I don't know their heart. They can say that they did and like they, they can they can lie, you know what I mean? Yeah. But we always give space for we always we know that like our own perception of life is not absolute truth. And so, oh. so that is like the, that's a great first step, right? Yeah. Like and yeah. that, and I say that because like because then we have space to grow and learn and heal from like our own misunderstandings. And we give that other person space too, right? To share yeah. like with us like who they are and mm-hmm. especially if there was miscommunication and and a lot of the times there are, it's really innocent situations, but people are just interpreting it as an attitude or as it to mean something other than what it really means, you know? <laughs> and and there's, like a, there's a lot that can go in that too, right? So, yeah, like we give the space to have the person to be like to show us who they are. And like that will start building trust because it's like I'm giving you space to let me know, to tell me that I was misunderstanding but I want you to know I feel this way. Okay, I validate that you felt this way. I can see how you felt hurt by this, but I did not mean it like that, right? Yeah. So one, I validate, you can validate their feelings for feeling hurt, but then you can also say, this is what I meant by this action. And, you know, yeah. and then like move on from there. So it's really just kind of like a lot of like problem solving and troubleshooting where like, we could always feel some type of way about everything or sometimes we could also just let it go. You yeah, know. yeah. And so, yeah, like, I don't know, because, I, like, I love that question, but also I'm like, oh, wow, I really want to answer to his best ability, but I really I can't do that unless I have, like, a, a very, very specific question. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so. No, you're good. saying, like, the absolute truth made me
0: think of two questions, because I kind of want to hear your yeah. opinion, especially with your education. One, what do you think about the your truth like you know how they say like live your truth like go you know go right. by your truth okay so what do you think about that and then two in order to move forward when you said with the absolute truth do you think the two like the people within the relationship need to let go because i was and tell me if i'm wrong from what i have taken from your truth is your experience in the situation like it's your perspective right it's what you felt what you saw what you heard But it's not absolute, but people are taking it as as absolute. So do you exactly (laughs) or in the relationship need to shift away from that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: No, totally. And and I think it goes back to like validate that you feel this way. Validate that like I really am hurt whenever he comes in from work and he's slamming dishes down and like not speaking to me when he walks in you know like yeah. and then also he could say I validate that she's hurt that I'm not speaking to her but like I'm tired and I'm I'm so tired from work and I just feel so stressed and like I just don't really want to talk a lot and I don't know how to talk at home like you know like those are like two different perspectives like in one household essentially right yeah. like yeah. and both are like true they're both very but, true you know yeah. <laughs> But like, but it's not absolute truth, because like, because I think absolute truth would mean that the other one is wrong. Well, like they oh, have to be wrong. Yeah, yeah. And and I and I don't think that's that doesn't validate the other person. And so and so yeah, I think that people, if people are more self aware about how while they can validate themselves, but also give space that there's other truths out there. There's multiple truths that exist. Then that is the key. To like communication that is the key to like under to understanding your partner and the way that they want to be understood while also feeling heard and so i agree with like live out your truth i think people should i think that means also like living out what you value you know Mm -hmm. but also whenever we make values-based decisions we also have to do that those come with consequences and so like if your values-based decision is harmful to another person that comes with a consequence. But yeah, so that's just kind of like what I would have to
0: say about that. Okay, yeah, I was just wondering because like when you were talking about, I was like, yes, that's what I thought. So I was like, I don't want to say anything. So I don't have the credentials until so, like back it up. <laughs> you were, but, you were, you were spot on. <laughs> but you were spot okay, on. I totally agree. It's like no, you. What you're experiencing is your truth, but you. I don't think people understand that you have your truth, and then there's the actual truth. And it's very hard to get to the actual truth when you're so wrapped up in yours. You know what I mean? And so. Well,
1: and even, but but even I would say that there's actually multiple truths. So, not even mm -hmm. just two truths, but like literally like a billion. (laughs) Because there's like the outsider perspective, like a couple is fighting, but then the child will watch. And that's the child's Uh truth and how they experience. You know what I mean? Uh And so, that's why I'm like, so there's no way that. Any human could ever, it would be so foolish if a human thought, my truth is absolute. That is so foolish to think.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even think about that. But you're so right. Oh, my goodness. But when it comes to, like, families and, like, familial gaps, mm-hmm. because I feel like now we're out of place where everyone can, we're kind of in, like, the dust has settled. We're now trying to literally pick up the pieces of what was broken from all of 2020 mm-hmm. and the election and last month for families. Do you think it's better to do like a big family meeting or do you think it's better? Like, it depends on the situation. Like should they try to keep like mm-hmm. individually? Like what do you think is a good step for them? Like I know the validation, because um, I feel like that mm-hmm. goes right over to that situation as well. Some families, especially if it's generational, like different generations, mm-hmm. what advice for them to like kinda pick up the pieces and go through twenty twenty one.
1: Yeah. And picking up the pieces assuming that like a lot of like are we saying that there's been like a lot of conflict already or is like things still kinda like bubbling but nothing's ever been said. Like which part are we at?
0: I'm thinking more of like seeing like conflict already. Like from like even just my family, it's not and I think uh, it hasn't been as um, intense as I've seen and uh, like my peers and stuff and family mm-hmm. but family with everything happening from the past like year and a month or whatever there's just a lot of some of it's unsaid but a lot of it's been indirectly said so the relationships mm-hmm. have turned shallow or quite cold
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, or just stopped altogether and just have been stagnant
1: yeah i think hmm, well because Whenever you're, like, revisiting, like, a situation that conflict seems to, like, arise <laughs> in often, I think trying a different way of approaching it is definitely, like, the key. So, mm-hmm. if it's, like, the conflict has always arise in the big family meeting, maybe you shouldn't do a big family meeting this time. Um, maybe you should, like, you know, address the people who need to be addressed appropriately. And, you know, sometimes it kind of comes with, like, trial and error. Like, unfortunately, that's, like, how we learn through trial and error Mm -hmm. sometimes you know yeah if you don't have like a therapist who kind of like put out suggestions for you you know but yeah I think that especially addressing just needs it's like hey like what do you need from me because we can't agree on this conflict in the house of like who's going to do what or whatever it is about but I need to know like like what do you need can help you can like bring us to the middle you know So whether it's like, something that, like, needs to be done, like, a child needs to do this, like, a teenager needs to do this thing so the parent is, like, required for, like, their safety or just because it's rules, like, because the parents are, like, set down, you know, like, and, like, how can I help you do what I want you to do? Like, would it be easier for you to to do your chores if you had music playing in the kitchen or that, like, you know, mom and dad help you out because it is a lot to do? Or if maybe I didn't interrupt you in the middle of what you're doing, but you told me a time whenever you're going to do it. So at least I know, you know what I mean? So there's like different ways to approach to like figure out people's needs because they'll tell you, but you have to also be receptive to it. Like, is it reasonable need? Is it really going to throw your family off its rocker if you meet this need? If it's not parents, then, then just go for it. We're trying to, like, your children are people, too. I think especially in Southern households. <laughs> Actually, I don't want to say just Southern households. There's a lot of households where a lot of parents are so authoritative that, like, mm-hmm. it's like their children are, like, not even a person, you know? And that's not, that's not even, like, valuing, like, their dignity. And, like, this is something that they will carry that, like, as adults. And they will yeah. have to work that out. And they will struggle with understanding their own words and relationships. So, like, we have to understand that, like, how we treat our children literally affects how they will receive and give love as an adult, like, well in yeah. their adulthood. And so everyone needs their basic needs met. And if you can meet those basic needs, because I know that, like, there's so many social justice issues that disadvantages people from, like, being able to have enough food on the table or to keep the rent paid or whatever it may be like, the lights on or whatever, that is just, like, such a rough position to be in, Mm -hmm. but, like, and honestly, my best advice for that is, like, do what you can to get needs met. Do what you can, and if you have faith, I, like, I don't know, with me, I'm, like, do what I can, and then I trust God that the rest will work itself out. That's what I have to do, but also, like, I say that from a standpoint of, like, not really having struggled from a lot, you know? And so, yeah, so I just, like, want to be sensitive about that. But I think families and couples, figure out what your partner needs. Do your best to meet those needs. It's okay Uh, if they're happy. (laughs) If you want to see your partner miserable or your child miserable or whoever, reflect on that. There's something not right about that, you know? It shouldn't be about a power stance over someone else. Just, like, you want to coexist in peace, you know?
0: Yeah. And see, that sounds so simple, but very few people do right. it.
1: For example right.
0: I'm listening to um the audiobook, How to Make Friends and Influence People and I'm I actually have that the book. It's like this stuff you would like common sense you're listening to, you're like, Okay, this is so like easy and simple. Oh my goodness. And but you're like, you know what? Actually no because how many people actually implement this and do it? You know what I mean? Like you have to, just, right. you have to be, good or be told or just, you know, get, like, a paradigm shift or a, a new perspective. And it's like, oh, yeah. Because even then I'm like, yeah, okay, definitely, definitely. Like, I'm mentally writing it down, and I hope the listeners are like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, that that really actually is so simple. Why are we not doing it? <laughs>
1: um, so no. I think, yeah, Dale Carnegie, that's the that's the author, right? hmm So I actually never read the book, but I'm assuming that it gives a lot of tools and tools and skills. Like it's meant to be implemented. No. And like, but you know, it's not always helpful, especially whenever there's so much emotion involved when having to implement Uh, these tools. So you can uh literally be in the most distressed emotional state and you're told implement these tools. You're like, what? What? (laughs) Overwhelmed, shut down. Like that's like very understandable. And so that's why I'm always like, Don't ever talk about something. Don't ever like if conflict is happening and everyone is getting overheated and overwhelmed, end it right there. Table it. Like literally table it. It's not worth it. Because people are Mm -hmm. gonna start seeing things that they don't even mean or that they actually mean, but that's gonna hurt people of being in their emotional mind. And so that is a really good skill to implement. Whenever whenever it's getting overwhelming, you stop. But don't just walk away. Meaning like meaning as if like you don't let the person you just kind of, like, abandon the person and yeah. say, hey, I, I can't talk about this right now because I'm overwhelmed. Let's talk about it later. Right? Yeah. Like, that's, like, mm-hmm. how we can, you know? And then the other person yeah. has to say, has to respect that boundary. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Like, they have to. Because otherwise, what's the point of them saying it in the first place? Yeah. No. Because then they so will it. have to eventually just abandon
0: no, that's so, no, that's so good. Like, I'm so glad you put it that way. You always make things seem so simple. And I'm like, man, I'm really glad I'm talking to you right now.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, this is something that I have to implement in my own life every single day. So I just, like, want to put that out there. <laughs> like, it's my own self work that I'm like, okay, Ariel, you're overwhelmed. You don't have to do this right now. It can be addressed later. Like, it, it literally can. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: no definitely like that's a lesson that i have learned in just okay I, like even with school because i'm currently um on my path to getting my masters and so even with school i'm so I'm like, proud of you thank you i'm literally i'm in my last <laughs> right before my capstone my capstone's the last thing i have to do and so today like even before this i was reviewing all day um to take this test. So by next month I'll, the end of next month, um or maybe April, depending on when they can send it to me, I'll have my master's degree. And so like one of the biggest lessons, like what we just said I had to learn, like I'm getting overwhelmed. I'm getting like it gets to a point where I'm getting headaches and my eyes are doing a cross eye thing and I'm seeing spots. Yeah. And it's like a, I gotta stop.
1: <laughs> yeah. And just it's just, like if thing. you're in stress mode, yeah.
0: So no you're eager Sorry, I'm you're just totally... reflecting. I'm sorry. <laughs> good um but one i don't want to take too much of your time one last question just because i just kind of want to pick your brain what are some like resources like books or websites or videos um mm-hmm. that you can recommend for people to kind of get on this path of wanting to heal um in their relationships
1: yeah so to be honest <laughs> A lot of the resources that I have are like mainly acceptable or or excuse me, accessible, that's the word I was looking for. Mainly accessible to therapists. But I wanna say that like Instagram is really great for like like people who like market themselves as therapists on Instagram, which I personally just don't like to do that because it's another story that I don't wanna like take away from this question. But but yeah, um I think like Instagram and just like looking up like I don't know, like couples therapy and stuff and like seeing like people like who are therapists that are like doing like quick little like TikTok videos of like, oh, one way to de stress with your partner or if you and your partner are in a conflict, this is what you should do. Like I think like it's so easy to find threads like that online. Like so easy yeah. if you just do a quick Google search. Mm -hmm. and and you will you will realize like if it works for you or not because you'll try it out and you're like oh this doesn't work for me and so boom there you go it doesn't work for you because not everything works for every single person right and so I think people shouldn't be caught up in that but I'm a big proponent of dialectical behavioral therapy which is called dbt otherwise and so what that is essentially is that like it addresses like here's how you can be your most effective self in life while dealing with all the emotions that come in the place of having to be your most effective self. So wow. like it acknowledges both your emotional part of your body, but also like the physical behavior parts of what you can do. So in my opinion it's better than CBT. I personally think that not every therapist thinks that, but that's like where I go with it just because like I'm a very emotional person and so I think from things of like how I feel and like my inner world and like DBT really helps me balance that out. Like it validates all the emotions and also helps me have the behaviors that make me more, the most effective. And granted, it doesn't change your emotions necessarily in that instant, but it will help you regulate over time. And you'll realize that. And certainly I want to say that there are like, because there's like four proponents of DBT. Um, there's emotional regulation, there's mindfulness, there's uh distress the tolerance, and then there's interpersonal effectiveness. And so, essentially, <laughs> you're like, what are all these words? Emotional regulation means how can we manage ourselves, how can we take care of our emotions over time? Which says, hey, let's work out, let's eat well, let's treat our bodies when we're sick, and let's consume less substance, right? So things that will, like, help us long-term. Oh, let's sleep regularly. That's a big thing. And then um, mindfulness is all about being in the present and deep breathing and learning how to, like, literally change your nervous system with breathing. And you can. Like, it's a good – like, deep breathing is really underrated. It is literally a reset button. And so when you're, like, in a lot of distress, like, that's a great tool. And then distress tolerance is, like, you're, like, on high alert you're overwhelmed maybe you're one of those people that will just scream out into the void and you're like i need help this is more of like a stop don't do anything else with the situation and put yourself put your face in some cold snow or burn a candle to improve your senses like it's like treating the five senses so you can like get your head out of that overwhelmed state so yeah like so it just treats like the five senses so it's like you want to, like, change your body temp. Put your face in cold snow. That's what I was talking about. Or you want to smell something nice like a candle or chilling on some gum that's, like, really nice taste. Or playing some music that's, like, really calming and soothing. Getting your head out of that really emotional situation that you're in. And so that's what um, the stress tolerance is about. And then what was the last one is um, interpersonal effectiveness. And this is, like, whenever you're trying to – you know, address, like, whenever you're in conflict with someone or whether you're trying to make a request for someone or setting boundaries or whatever it is, like, this is, like, how you can relate to people effectively and not be stuck in this, like, loop of not communicating, loop of misunderstanding, or loop of, like, shame in relationships or toxic relationships. That's, like, what all that's about. So, anyways, that was a really long answer but dbt that is absolutely my favorite it Com- sounds like it's really helpful oh my go- goodness like it is so helpful and honestly like so i'm a transparent person like as a therapist i am still in therapy i've been in like over six years of therapy so i've done a lot a lot of work and i'm gonna like, get a much better place than i was when i started like and so i'm gonna say that i actually was a part of my own dbt group like not me as a therapist but me as a client for two years and it was literally life-changing, literally. And I still revisit the same tools that I learned in, in class. And I even, like, have, like, my own papers and stuff. And, and I guess, like, I, really, I could probably tweet more of the things that I've learned. I just don't. But I, I, I could, literally. I'm, I'm all about, like, you know, because like, I'm such an emotional person. Like, I'm all about, like, validating my emotions, but also being my most effective self. And so that also requires, like, your logical part of your brain, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. That's something, that's awesome.
0: I always, I'm always, I'm a big advocate for self-growth, self-improvement. Even for myself, I had to learn how to use my weaknesses to build my strengths while still trying to build my weaknesses. Usually, like, finagling them to turn to the best person I can be at this moment while I'm still trying to improve. And so I think that is amazing. Sounds, uh, I, I might give it a shot. Like when you like should really awesome. Like it sounds because it sounds very like practical and hand. Like it, is it kind of yeah. hands on? Like certain part. it seems like it's hands on. So I feel like that would be really great for people who like can't yeah. really into it and stuff. Um, that, you that should. Was
1: <laughs> and <laughs> so I also really? just want to add this too because so DBT, like, there has been a lot of research that's shown that DBT has been the most helpful for people who have gone through any kind of trauma like honestly it's for people who have trauma because like what trauma does to your body physiologically and like in the brain of how you process information safety and threat like because it, it gets all whacked up whenever you had trauma because like your body is like trying to protect itself literally it really helps you function in an environment so okay i think the best i can describe it is that like Usually our trauma responses, those are really helpful for situations whenever we are actually in those threatening situations. Like, those are not bad. They help us to survive, you know? Yeah. But whenever we're in, a, but whenever we're out of that terrifying environment and we're actually in a healthier environment, we tend to over-function. We can still have triggers, but we tend to overfunction and we have a trauma response such as, like, what, maybe, I guess a good one would be, like, um... You know, you're being told, like having a complication at a store with an item that you're trying to return and they, you know, something, it, it's just like really complicated you get overwhelmed and you start yelling at, <laughs> you're, oh you're Karen, essentially. You become a Karen. Yes. Karen, if you are a Karen, please seek DBT because it will change your life. And I promise you, you will no longer be that spiritual Karen. I just want to say that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding for people who are offended by that. Actually, I'm not kidding. Just embrace it that, like, yeah. I'm just going to have a No. Interview. Embrace it if you're one of those people, you know? like. <laughs> yeah. But, like, anyways, that's the trauma response, right? Like, you're not in a threatening environment if the customer service person is like, I'm sorry, we can't help you with this. Like, this is the best that we can do. And you're, like, sitting here foaming at the mouth and screaming at them and calling the N-word or whatever you're saying. That's, like, not helping the situation. And that's, like, responding out of, like, essentially it could be, like, a trauma thing. Or even it could be more than that. But this the DBT will help regulate those emotions and help you be your most effective self even in the midst of inconveniences in life. Yeah, no,
0: that is... When you said that, I li- when I I used to work at Gap and I like we were a family <laughs> over there. We were so close and so hearing that the yeah. things uh, that we went through, I was like, I can think of so many people who need DBT there. <laughs> oh,
1: oh
0: yeah, I, there was like one instance and I felt like my coworker. He ended up having to go home because it just it this woman mm. the store was closing and this woman i don't I don't know the whole situation because of how the store was set up. I was not anywhere cl- close near the situation, but something went down, and as she got closer to me because I was checking people out, and I was the only cashier on the floor like actually like checking people out at at that moment. And as she got closer to me, like as she made her way closer to me, this is after the situation happened. She got louder and louder, and she wasn't really yelling at anyone in particular. I mean, she was yelling at my coworker, but at that point, he was mature enough to like walk away. Like he did what you suggested of like, I'm gonna walk away, right? Because if- so he walked away, but because she couldn't go to the back because it was some employees only, her husband wanted to check out, and so because I was the only cashier, I started making the way towards me. And I'm not even kidding, I didn't even hear the whole. I didn't even hear the situation happen, but I knew something happened because as she got closer to me, the louder she became, and the angrier she became, and yeah, I was. Oh my goodness! Like it got to the point where um we had to get like it was um it wasn't the it was in the mall, so the mall security came in and it was to the point where he just looked at me and was like, "Can you check them out as fast as possible so they can get out of here?" And I was like, "Yeah, right. totally." And I was just like, just thinking about that situation in particular, I'm like, she definitely could have used this because I knew yeah. Um, coming from, because she was just, I mean, saying all these nasty things. And, you know, a part of me, um, at that point, I was thinking, like, this, this is why you're, this is not why you're mad. Like, I knew a part of me was like, this is, this is not why she's mad. There's something else deeper than this. But I would never associate it with like past trauma. I just figured she had a bad day and we just started to take it out on my coworker. So it was like, oh, okay, but you put it that
1: way. Yeah, so yeah like, and, definitely. and the thing is that There's a lot of reasons why people may act the way they do, (laughs) but, like, usually people who are hateful towards another person, it's not just because they, like, hurt people hurt people. And while I do not give any excuse for racist systems, like, that has to be tackled in a completely different way than an individual offense, you know? But, like, individual offenses, that person needs to really explore, like, where did all that come from? And my guess would be, like, and just from, like, even some of my work that I've done, people have had parents who, like, humiliated them. Or bullies in school that has, like, you know, really just triggers this, like, anger in them that they just kind of, like, unleash on anyone. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and so under anger, there's, like, that's, like, the first emotion, but there's, like, so many other. It's, like, it's covering so many other emotions that are actually there. And so once we get to, like, we connect to, like, whether it may be hurt or humiliation or sadness or fear or whatever it is that's, like, underneath that anger, then, like, the anger no longer – does like, the anger doesn't have to exist. It's just grief, right? So who knows why Karens do the things that they do. A lot of it right. is, like, racially charged. Like, a lot of the Karens that we've seen have been racially charged um, yeah. or just, like, it's, like, self-entitlement. And I am learning, even as myself as a therapist, like, How do I validate a racist, like, emotions? Mm -hmm. Like, I can validate their emotions of feeling powerless and wanting to feel powerful, but Mm -hmm. the action of oppressing another person is harmful, so therefore do not do it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. everyone wants to feel powerful. We can validate everyone, every single person wants to feel powerful, but I do not validate trying to exert power over another. And so that's how I would treat a racist individually. But maybe there's, there's mm. probably honestly a lot more to it, and I'm, like, learning literally every single day. So anyone out there that's, like, the police, this kind of stuff, don't hold me too harshly against it. Like, don't <laughs> hold too harshly against me, though. So. No, you're
0: no, – no, it's – we're all learning. We're all growing. People like to claim that they're completely – they have mastered something, but it takes a long time to master anything. So – <laughs> No, you're <laughs> – Well, the last thing I wanted to ask is there like any links or contact info you wanted to leave? I don't know if this will reach Illinois like on the scale, but you know, if it's available remotely or virtually, um, is there like any contact info you want to leave for listeners?
1: Oh, yeah, like my contact
0: info? Yeah, like you know, like for work or if someone wanted to reach out to you or talk to you or anything. I didn't know if you were local or on.
1: Yeah, so for sure. So I want to tell everyone that I am an associate licensed major family therapist, but I am not practicing right now. Um, this is also why I wanted to like self-disclose like towards the end, which I'm glad you gave me space to, that I am actually applying for seminary. <laughs> and oh, um, I know. And so essentially, like, literally, people who apply for seminary literally become pastors. And my goal is not to really be a pastor, but to do pastoral care. And yeah. I just really want to further my integration of, like, faith and spirituality with my understanding of trauma and abusive yeah. systems. And so, mm-hmm. um, and even just, like, familial and relationship grievances. And not everything is capital T with the trauma, but a lot of it is still painful. And so mm-hmm. I'm just, like, trying to, yeah, just trying to integrate everything and also, like, furthering my like, my knowledge a lot, like, in, let's like, 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 black faith in life is, like, what my concentration will be in my Masters of Divinity, and so, yeah, I, but you can still follow me at Baby Millennial, that's, like, on my Instagram and my, um, my Twitter account, um, okay. here, I'll spell Baby Millennial for you because I spell it kind of funny, ha-ha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like, I might have to look at my Instagram. Okay, so, my so baby millennial is spelled B B Y, M I L L, E N N I A L. So B B Y millennial. And my name is Ariel. In case you're looking for me, Um, I forget that I'm starting to have more of a, a little bit more of a platform. Um, yeah. But I'm doing my best. Y'all have grace for me. If you follow me, and then I'm not <laughs> perfect. But yeah, I would love to like I would love for people to reach out. And um ask me questions and also just like be a part of this journey of like learning more about how to fight racism, how to help hurting families, how to help hurting couples, and how to just like be true to yourself and you know, be loving <laughs> and like huh. honoring all like living things, you know? And yeah, so that's definitely. like my work every day. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy me uh join me in that. So yeah. Listeners, um, I hope that like This conversation between Javon
0: and I, like, um, did something for you today, so. Thank you for listening to the Workaholics Wisdom Podcast. If you made it to the end and you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button to get a new episode every month and follow me on Instagram at Workaholics Wisdom Pod to get behind the scenes sneak peeks.